Good morning, you guys. It's Kilowatt. I am going to be doing a podcast today that is astrology centered. Um, being that we're in eclipse season, I felt it was relevant considering all the tumultuous change going on. Plus, I just sort of wanted to take the focus off me. Um, okay. On June 21st, there will be a solar eclipse at zero degrees Cancer. And when you're in eclipse season, okay, it's it's a time of extreme unexpected change. It's divine fate. It's a master point of divine fate that happens. Um, the fact that this particular eclipse is happening on the solstice foreshadows the next uh, about three months of summer, also about six total, but recurrent themes that will continually replay and present themselves to you over the course of time. Um, something I'd like to remind you as we walk into something that seems to be like, oh great, it's just another chip on the table, um, is that some of the most beautiful people that I've ever encountered often come from some of the worst circumstances. Um, and by overcoming them is what gives them their strength and beauty. So keep that in mind as we walk into this next chapter of this beautiful fucking year. Uh, <laughs> fucking murder hornets. Okay, sorry, I'm back. Um, I Notice how I'm trying to do a zen theme here with the music and shit. Okay, we're going to stay zen. The eclipse will occur and bring faded events. This one will happen with the North Node. It's important to note that if this eclipse affects any significant point in your chart, it will impose an earthquake or shattering type of feel, which is meant to keep you on your destined path. And when I say destined path, I need to take a moment and explain to you what soul groups are, okay? We as a collective travel together throughout space and time in something called soul groups. Uh, we encounter the same energy, energetic field or the other uh, multiple times, and it's meant to fulfill a karmic debt and to ultimately understand the other. And that is why loving those opposite of you serves to expedite your soul's evolutionary growth because it allows you to skip past lifetimes of learning their stance and how their perceived uh, lens was developed. People that will be affected greatly by the eclipse happening on the 21st of June are likely to be in the late degrees. And so, mind you, if you have any kind of... Uh, position in your chart. So if you have any personal planets or your sun, moon or rising, um, if it happens on any of the four major points, like, um, your mid heaven, uh, your IC, your vertex, mine's happening. The eclipse is happening on my part of fortune and cancer in my ninth house, um, which is significant, ironic. Uh, <laughs> it also, uh, if you have any of the late degrees of uh, Sagittarius, which is where my son is placed, Virgo, Gemini, and Pisces, okay? If you have any of those points in the first to four to five degrees of cardinal signs being Cancer, Capricorn, Libra, and Aries, 
Uh, if you have a personal planet in the late degrees or early degrees of cardinal, you'll experience a heavy impact in whatever house or area of life that part of your chart or life energy represents. And if you are familiar with astrology, there's 12 houses in every person's chart and every single house and point represents um, a category in your life. Um one of the main reasons why I take it upon myself to share with you what what aspects I'll be uh, experiencing during these times, mainly as a method to teach, but nothing so much along the lines of um, like trying to be showy. So I'm just trying to illustrate my intent. Um so I went I went ahead and I took some really nice notes from uh bigskyastrology.com. And one of the main things that I got from it because I almost just felt like I wanted to read this to you. It was so well written. And I just I liked it because the overall uh she used imagery that I use when I do my soul portraits. So I just wanted to just take that moment and point out why I felt so connected to this description. So I'm going to read it to you, okay? <clears throat> and you know what? Honestly, like, I should probably just take a drink of water really fast because it's morning time. And I'm usually not up so early, but I have a sign up, so I figured I should be awake. Okay. Let's do this. Um... I'll just start because it's fairly accurate. Chances are your birth chart contains at least one planetary configuration so dreadful that astrologers will take one look and ask you how you lived through it. Um, I hold one of those positions in my chart. I have Mars and Pluto with my south node in the first house of Scorpio. Um... Because planets woven together by difficult aspects when it's a conjunction between two very volatile, powerful planets, um, in addition to your south node being the tail of the dragon in this deep-ass motherfucking house that both planets roll, you become incredibly strong as steel, like especially that aspect. Uh, so it represents problems that you can't ignore and conflicts that chew at you until you find resolute resolution. It is one of my most defining conjunctions. It's, it's the most defining aspect of my chart. I mean, I have a Sagittarius stellium, so most of my planets are in Sagittarius. Um, in my third house, the transportation, communication, uh, social media, and writing, siblings, neighbors, and um, you would assume that that would, you know, the ruling planet of Jupiter would be the ruling planet of my chart, but it's actually Mars. And that's because of the conjunction I have in my first house of Scorpio. So despite every fucking planet placed in my third house of Sagittarius, like I am 100% Mars and Pluto ruled. So that's one of the main reasons why I just fucking pack a powerful punch. Um, 
But I'd, I'd like to continue. I, I share these aspects with you as I read the article so that you can gain some type of perspective on it. Um, there's not any unpleasant natal aspect that's inherently awful, despite the unease they inspire, because they allow you to become more you. It's the whole, it's the whole fucking point. I mean, it, we're here to become an evolved self collectively, okay? So despite the unease the difficult aspects can bring to you, they promote change, okay? Eclipses do the same thing, only in a shorter timeline. I mean, these particular natal placements that I have with Mars, Pluto, and the South Node, I live with that. But an eclipse that occurs during the summer solstice only foreshadows about six months, but it will bring that theme directly to your fucking door. It will not leave. It will not allow you to call the cops and have them drag it away. It is something you cannot escape. So I'd like you, I would like to invite you to to listen as I continue along this article because I think that the eclipse coming up on the 21st, are, it's going to impact a lot of people. We tend to experience eclipses most strongly when they form close aspects, especially conjunctions, squares, and oppositions to planets in our birth chart. So one of the main reasons why I mentioned in this podcast, if you're Sagittarius, if you're any of the, and I say Sag because I am, uh, Sagittarius, Virgo, Gemini, or Pisces, Cancer, Capricorn, Libra, Aries, um, and of course it's centralized around the degrees of those those signs. So if you're a late born Sagittarius, Virgo, Gemini, or Pisces, or an early born Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, or Aries, you will feel this upcoming eclipse. Okay. You're going to fucking feel it. And I should get back to the article because I'm starting to go on my fucking tangent. Every time an eclipse, an eclipse aspects one of the planetary crosses you bear, i.e. my Mars-Pluto, a narrative of change emerges, one that is repeated over and over throughout the course of your lifetime. So it's sort of like when I pack a, a powerful punch, okay? When it, let's say the eclipse happened on my on my powerful conjunction. Okay. The theme itself would come from that, but something about that particular aspect in my life would change forever. It would be a, it would be the hallmark of change and growth. And it would be the line where I started again. So unless an eclipse triggers a high tension natal aspect or falls And any one of those cusps, the first, fourth, seventh, or tenth houses, you're likely to experience its influence as relatively subtle, like a flutter of a leaf in a chilling breeze. But let one or more of your sensitive aspects get triggered, and it's the difference between a doctor checking your reflexes during an exam and hammering an arthritic knee. Um, My son is going to be right up on this shit, so I'm getting a square to it. 
God, I'm not ready. Um, <laughs> anyway, I'm just, I'm really tired. Um, so when I, when I read this article too, I'd like to invite you, if you, if you've ever followed my page, I'll put a link in the bottom. Um, you can actually pull your natal chart. If you know your birth time, you can go to astromatrix.com, put in your birth time, place, location, and it will tell you what your ascendant is. Okay. So what your rising sign, uh, is what will determine what the following means. Okay. So when I tell you that you're in Aries, I mean, if you're in Aries rising, okay. And when I say that it allows me to give you this particular house that the eclipse will fall in for you specifically. Okay. So if you go to to astromatrix.com, super fucking easy. They do a lot of shit for you and it's really worth it. It's free. Um, you go in and you can find out what your rising sign is. So that being said, I'm going to list off the signs and what houses this eclipse will fall in because it's going to be at zero degrees cancer. If you are an Aries rising, the eclipse will fall into your fourth house. If you're a Taurus, it will fall into your third. Gemini, second, Cancer, first, Leo, 12th, Virgo, 11th, Libra, 10th, Scorpio, 9th, Sagittarius, 8th, Capricorn, 7th, Aquarius, 6th, Pisces, 5th. And I'm not going to go into the houses because I have sign up and I have to get going soon. But I'd like to take a moment and express to you that this particular Eclipse is happening on two fixed stars, okay? And I'm going to fucking butcher the shit out of these names. But one is zero degrees Cancer. The other is 29 degrees Gemini, okay? Um, it's it it's within orb because it's one degree, especially fixed star points and an eclipse point. So it, it matters. Uh, Betelgeuse is a constellation in or- Orion, okay? This particular aspect's been going on since June 5th. Um... And was building a week before that. Okay, so just keep that in mind. The reason why we're in such tumultuous times is for the following. When there are aspects, especially during eclipse season that play out, you're going to see as a collective um, a theme. And if it happens on a fixed star, it's even more telling. So Betelgeuse is a star. It's a fixed star in the constellation of Orion, which is known as the War Constellation. It's a warrior belt. It exhibits rebellion, strength, courage, and there will be fated events that trigger these themes in our collective for seven to eight months. It also represents tears, frustration, and righteous anger. Um, I have my part of fortune on, on this star. It is at zero degrees of cancer, and I actually didn't understand that. Um, because of the upcoming eclipse that's going on, I made a very, very emotional podcast. I couldn't stop crying, actually. And I found out um, that is 100% because of the fact that I'm walking in to something that's that's 100% triggering my part of fortune. So my part of fortune is in Cancer. And the characteristic style of a Cancer is warm, nurturing, and maternal. Um, me having my part of fortune and cancer seek security in the domestic circle. For me, it's essential for happiness and success. It is located in my ninth house. Um, 
part of fortune in my ninth house finds expression through travel, philosophy, higher education, philosophical thought, spirituality, or publishing. I find my fortune far from home. I can profit through and from people at a distance. My studies bring insight to me, which I use to help others. This is a person who can be a natural clairvoyant, which I am not I'm not going on the fucking record saying shit. I got really weak ass superpowers like I can smell shit. It's stupid. Um, <laughs> and things that I know, but I don't know how. And so it's a, it's kind of like walking around like with a really dumb superpower. It's I'm not going to we're not going there. Um, most of my labors are mental. So I do. I'm constantly in thought and I'm always broadening my mindset and expanding my education. So I'm continually learning. I'm a, I'm a lifetime learner, which is likely why I chose astrology. And so one of the main reasons why I brought that up is because it that's that's something that, that actually was triggered recent and I made a very emotional podcast. And in the fixed star of Zero Degrees Cancer Beetlejuice, it talks about tears it talks about a frustration and righteous anger. And it's something that you can't even dispel from your mind. It's, it's overwhelming. And my tears that swallowed me whole the other night, so publicly and open on social media, because how other fucking way would I do it than, than social media? I'm always doing that shit, but I also have a third house stellium. Okay, so that means most of my life energy is in the third house and I'm going to be a hot fucking mess and it's going to be all up on tape. Okay, so moving along, I I just wanted to I like to note that. Okay, sometimes when things are triggered in your chart, you cannot help but address them, especially fixed stars. And so the fact that Beetlejuice is representative of frustration and righteous anger and uncontrollable tears I love that. It's so, it's always so fucking on point. I swear to God, every time I learn something new, I'm always laughing. I'm just like, oh, well, good thing I know that now because at the time I was just hot mess. So this is proof that even though you know astrology, you're never going to know enough to prevent your fucking shit from happening. You're never going to know enough to prevent the things you don't want to have happen because the things you don't want to have happen are likely faded. Um, another second star I'm going to I'm going to butcher the fuck out of this name. It's uh, Men Kalimon. Okay. It's a leadership star. It's global. It's brave. It directs focus and power. And it, it is, um, it is the, the calm after the storm. Okay. Uh, a lot of the times when I said, you know, chaos creates the biggest change or anger is the biggest motivator for strength. Um, it's because of the fact that that these two stars are fixed together and my part of fortune and how I understand a lot of shit philosophically um, play out. And I, I just, I'm learning this about myself now and I've been in astrology for fucking years, okay? So it's, there are times in this world where you can go home and close your door, but there are times where you just can't look away. And, and that's something else that I wanted to pay tribute to. Uh, also, one side note, I'm about to close this down. Agriculture does struggle with Beetlejuice. 
So there could be something that goes on with cattle, livestock, our crops, but it's going to be collectively. So it happens on a mass scale, especially when it comes down to an eclipse. So, um, when I listed off those signs and I told you if this is your rising sign, I would like to encourage you to look at the house, at least look at it and tell me later on, if you want to send me a voice clip here, you can, what part of your chart was affected and what exactly happened, what events happened as a result of this eclipse happening on the 21st. Uh, This is Kilowatt. I really appreciate you sitting with me today and just listening to my little astrology shit because sometimes you can't keep looking inward. It's just about looking at everything else that keeps you grounded, especially if you're dealing with your own fucking hurricane. So this is Kilowatt. I love you. I'll talk to you later. Be safe. Talk to you later. Bye.